Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Does belief in exaltation make Latter-day Saints polytheists? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We continue looking at a Gospel Topics essay titled Becoming Like God. It was posted on February 24, 2014 on the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints official website, lds.org. Today, we are looking at the section of this essay which asks the very question I posed earlier. Does belief in exaltation, or godhood as it's understood within the confines of Mormonism, does belief in exaltation make Latter-day Saints polytheists? It reads, For some observers, the doctrine that humans should strive for godliness may evoke images of ancient pantheons with competing deities. Such images are incompatible with Latter-day Saint doctrine. Latter-day Saints believe that God's children will always worship Him. Our progression will never change His identity as our Father and our God. Indeed, our exalted eternal relationship with Him will be part of the fullness of joy He desires for us. Now, first of all, in order to understand more accurately what is being discussed here, when we read the word polytheist, What exactly is a polytheist? If you were to look it up in just about any dictionary you can find, polytheism involves the worship of or the belief in a multitude of gods. Now, I can't imagine a Mormon not believing in the existence of a multitude of gods. They most certainly would have to believe that there is a multitude of gods if human beings, of course, have the potential to become deities like God, like the one they worship now, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely, and also that God must have had a God before him and an infinite regression of God. So there are in existence, I think a Latter-day Saint would say, many different gods. But I wouldn't say that Mormons, most Mormons, depending on which Mormon leader you listen to, would say that they are worshiping all of these gods. We don't find that in Mormonism. Usually we find that when it comes to worship, Mormons are supposed to direct their worship to only one of three gods within the Godhead. They believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three gods, one in purpose, as it says in the very next paragraph. It says, Latter-day Saints also believe strongly in the fundamental unity of the divine. They believe that God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Ghost, though distinct beings, are unified in purpose and doctrine. Well, Eric, if you have three distinct gods within the Godhead, that's a multiplicity of gods. It sure is. And that's certainly not something that Christians have historically believed. We would not say we believe in three gods within the Godhead. We believe in one God eternally existing in three persons, but we believe that they are one in essence. So we would not be 
rightfully accused of being tritheistic, as Mormons would be, nor polytheistic. But I have a question. Let's look at some of the statements made by some of these leaders when it comes to who they worship. Well, let me give you one from 6th President Joseph F. Smith. He said, And yet while we give the honor and glory unto the Lord God Almighty for the accomplishment of his purposes, let us not altogether despise the instrument that he chooses to accomplish the work by. We do not worship him. We worship God, and we call upon his holy name as, a, as we have been directed in the gospel in the name of his Son. So in other words, the context is referring to Jesus, of course, and Joseph F. Smith said specifically, we do not worship him. We only worship the one they call God the Father. Well, Apostle Bruce R. McConkie would agree with that. In his sermons and writings of Bruce R. McConkie, page 60, he says, We worship the Father and Him only, and no one else. We do not worship the Son, and we do not worship the Holy Ghost. Well, maybe that memo didn't get to Gordon B. Hinckley, the 15th president of the church, because... He said, and this is cited in an Ensign magazine, a conference edition, by the way, November 1998, page 70, where he says, are we Christians? Of course we are Christians. We believe in Christ. We worship Christ. Well, maybe Gordon Hinckley is following the Book of Mormon, because it says in 3 Nephi eleven seventeen, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God, and they did fall down at the feet of Jesus and did worship him. So perhaps it's some of these other leaders like Joseph F. Smith and Bruce McConkie who get their wires crossed and haven't been reading the Book of Mormon enough, or perhaps they haven't been reading the New Testament because certainly Jesus accepted worship from faithful followers. He, he never rejected it. He never rebuked anyone for worshiping him. So that in itself becomes a problem. But let's think about this. When it says in this paragraph, Latter-day Saints believe that God's children will always worship him, that raises a question for me. Does that mean that Elohim is worshiping the God who preceded him? That's a good question. Does that God who preceded Elohim worship the God that preceded him? I mean, I don't read anywhere in Mormon scripture or I can't even recall hearing any Mormon leaders saying that Elohim is worshiping some god further back. And also, if Mormons are going to become gods, then are they going to accept worship from their offspring? Now, Orson Pratt, a Mormon apostle, seemed to think so. In his book, The Seer, page 37, he said, the inhabitants of each world are required to reverence, adore, and worship their own personal father who dwells in the heaven which they formerly inhabited. Yeah. So you would think that if Mormons are going to become like God, as the title of this essay is implying, and that they are going to share in the attributes of deity, that when they procreate through what we've already discussed as being eternal increase, those spirit children of those Mormons who become God are going to worship the Mormon, your neighbors, as God, according to Orson Pratt. And that would be consistent if, in fact, as this essay says, Latter-day Saints believe that God's children will always worship him. Well, that would have to include Elohim, who was once a man, according to Joseph Smith, who lived on a world similar to this one. Now, every Latter-day Saint's going to be different, but if you have an ongoing discussion with a friend or a neighbor who is a Latter-day Saint, tell them you're reading Becoming Like God Gospel Topics Essay and ask those questions. Ask 
uh, is God the Father worshiping previous gods? And are your children going to worship you? I think those would be interesting to find out what your friend is thinking. The essay goes on to ask this question, how do Latter-day Saints envision exaltation? And it starts off with this passage by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And one thing I like about that passage in 1 Corinthians 2 is it doesn't give a lot of details as to what the hereafter is going to be like. We do know this by reading passages in the New Testament that we will be in the presence of the triune God. We certainly will be worshiping him. Now, that doesn't sit well with a lot of Latter-day Saints. They don't like this idea of worshiping Christ or worshiping God the Father throughout eternity. I've had Latter-day Saints tell me that that sounds pretty boring. But what does the Book of Mormon have to say about that notion? A few years ago, I was reading through the Book of Mormon, and I came across this verse, Mormon 7-7. This is what it says. And he hath brought to pass the redemption of the world, whereby he that is found guiltless before him at the judgment day hath it given unto him to dwell in the presence of God in the kingdom, to sing ceaseless praises with the choirs above unto the Father, and unto the Son, and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God in a state of happiness which hath no end. So it sounds like, if the Book of Mormon is to be believed, that Mormons are probably going to be doing something that they're not really excited about doing right now. But here's another part we need to discuss here before we close today. It talks about Latter-day Saints' doctrine of exaltation is often similarly reduced in media to a cartoonish image of people receiving their own planets. Now, That may be a reference to the 1980s film called The Godmakers. There was a cartoon portion that shows Elohim coming down and knocking on the door of Mary and such. It could be referring to that. But then it goes on to say that likewise, while few Latter-day Saints would identify with caricatures of having their own planet. Now, wait a minute. Mormon leaders have taught that they're going to get their own world. Now, we've got to understand a caricature is an exaggerated characteristic that's supposed to make something appear comical or even grotesque. So when they say that these are caricatures, notice they're not really denying that they believe this. They're merely criticizing the idea of turning it into something that is, in their opinion, cartoonish or a caricature. But we know for a fact that Mormonism does teach that Mormons who are exalted or become gods are going to get their own world. Spencer W. Kimball was quoted in a church manual called Doctrines of the Gospel Student Manual, Religion 345, and he had said, Each one of you has it within the realm of his possibility to develop a kingdom over which you will preside as its king and God. You will need to develop yourself and grow in ability and power and worthiness to govern such a world with all its people. There was another article that was on an LDS website, and it was called Mormonism 101 FAQ. Remember that? We did a number of shows on that. It had nothing to do with our book, Mormonism 101. But the question was asked, do Mormons believe they're going to get their own planets? And it said no. And this is where I have a big problem with the way Mormons sometimes explain themselves, because they don't like the word planet. Orson F. Whitney, who happened to be the son of Helen Mar Kimball and Horace Whitney, 
he became a Mormon apostle. Orson Whitney said this, and this is found in Collected Discourses, Volume 4, page 336 to 337. Whenever you hear Mormons say, we don't believe we're going to get our own planets, just remind them of what Orson Whitney said on June 9, 1895. He said that Mormonism teaches that the worlds on high, the stars that glitter in the blue vault of heaven, are kingdoms of God, and they were once earths like this, that they have been redeemed and glorified by the same laws, the same principles that are applied to this planet, and by which it will ascend to a perfected and glorified state. Speaking of Mormonism, it teaches that these worlds are peopled with human beings, God's sons and daughters, and that every husband and father may become an Adam and every wife and mother an Eve to some future planet. So when you hear Mormons say, well, you don't believe that, here is a Mormon apostle, Orson F. Whitney, on June 9, 1895, Collected Discourses, Volume 4, page 336 and 337, saying that they will achieve some future planet. And regardless, isn't planet a synonym for world? It or most universe? certainly is. A world or an earth, and certainly we can show you a multitude of comments from Mormon leaders expressing the Mormon doctrine that they do believe that they will get their own world or earth in the next life. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. <laughs>